There once was a film podcast, you see, double R colon AFP, but then it sank without a trace, oh where, oh where's the show? Soon may an episode come to bring us chat and a quiz for fun. One day when the viewing's done, we'll give it one more go. We stopped as soon as we began, so listeners turn to Joe Rogan. A mistake, for he's a terrible man, the people need a show. Soon may an episode come to bring us chat and a quiz for fun. One day when the viewing's done, we'll give it one more go. A wise young lady said to me, don't waste your cash on therapy. A film podcast is all you need to cure romance sorrow. Soon may an episode come to bring us chat and a quiz for fun. One day when the viewing's done, we'll give it one more go. These last eight months have been a bore, can't take this lockdown anymore. So headphones on and lock the door, no kids to cause us woe. Soon may an episode come to bring us chat and a quiz for fun. One day when the viewing's done, we'll give it one more go. Hello to you all out there. You have just pressed play on this podcast and we're really thankful for it. It's Required Reading, the return of Required Reading back in 2021. The Prez, we've got a new Prez and a new episode of the podcast. They they have a new Prez. We still have the same Prime Minister, unfortunately. Yeah, we still have the same Prime Minister, but I think let's try and take these little victories where we can, <laughs> uh, not being American in the slightest. I feel that, you know, that I have a new president. And um, you, dear listener have uh, and reader, have a new episode of this podcast. I really imagine that some people have sub- subscribed to it and a notification has come up on their phone and they just looked at their phone and just gone, oh, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Who are these guys? I forgot that I subscribed to this. But you did. And we're here. We're inside your phone. And also with me, as always, is Dan. Please say hello. Hello, everybody. It's good to be back. It is, isn't it? I hope you enjoyed our song. <laughs> it, it did. Well, actually, it's cool. I was thinking we never refer to the song or, or the bit because I normally try and write it or do a bit before. But this time, you have absolutely come through. It's, it's really cool. I really like it. Well, usually it's just, it's you know, it's, it's obviously you make some really beautiful instrumentals. Thank you. Thank um, you. But... It, 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 I guess there isn't anything to really discuss in that regard, although we should, I think, talk about the fact that you are creating original music and it's not library tracks that we're just picking, no. you know, no, audio network all, or whatever. It's all homegrown. It is. It's all homegrown, home plunked on a keyboard and piano <laughs> to the side of where I'm where I'm recording right now. And um, and it's very thankful to... Well, I had to get on Spotify somehow, best thing <laughs> <laughs> getting myself out there but now we've we've um we've shantied we've um we've connected with the zeitgeist i think that's probably the most zeitgeisty thing that's ever been on this podcast as well yeah it's probably already dated isn't it (laughs) it's dated and then i was thinking i was ashamed because i would like to do um because you're still refusing to watch the lighthouse that now we just have to wait until it's eligible for the podcast to do it yes that we should we should really have done a shanty for that one. I'm not refusing. Think- I'm not refusing to watch it. Don't get me wrong. I am not refusing to watch it. It is other occupants of this of your life. residence that are 
making it very difficult. Well, we will get on to that. That is something I would like to uh, to cover a little bit later. But first, I think t- to business for a second is that we are here to talk about a film. We are. The regular readers of our podcast should know that if this is your first time listening to us, hello, welcome, thank you very much. Um, you're probably wondering why it's taking so long for us to talk about the film. It is my Sweet Little Village, a slightly left-field choice by Dan. It's available on Amazon Prime. And the idea of this podcast is that you should have watched it before you listen. It's kind of like a book club where you meet up with your friends and you've all watched it and you just decide to discuss it. And so we talk about the film in great detail. We talk about the end and all the stuff that goes through. So here, here be your... Ye, ye final warning uh, to watch uh, My Sweet Little Village on Amazon Prime if you've not done so already, and then come back. Have you done it? Good. It's quite short. Um, it's not a very it's, long film. It is. It's the magical 90 minutes, which um, we do love on this podcast. It is uh, it's the perfect length for a film, and we uh, hereby decree if you go longer than 90 minutes, then better make it count. And uh, this film, well, let's find out. Uh, Dan, would you like to give us a little rundown on what you thought of My Sweet Little Village? So, as you said, this was a bit of a left-field choice. I was looking for inspiration, scrolling through the usual films, and, I, you know, we do have a tendency to go for the unexpected some of the time. Uh, and, and other times we just sort of pick stuff that's new to Netflix that we've we've both been very keen to watch. And it gives us a good excuse to watch it and chat about it. Um, on this occasion, I was really struggling because obviously there's been a lot of great new stuff that's arrived um, yeah. across across Netflix, Netflix especially, that I, I would still like to watch. I still haven't seen things like Defy Bloods. But I was looking for something that wasn't going to be too downbeat and, and wasn't really going to contribute to the current mood that's pervading the world mm. right now. New presidents aside, you know, there is still this pandemic, and in the UK right now, everything's at an all-time high in terms of fatalities and everything else i thought well we don't want to watch things going to remind us of our mortality and, and and things like that even though i've probably just done that so I, I apologize um so i wasn't really seeing anything that was speaking to me aside from fairly obvious um american comic fair and then in right. the, and then in the middle of just the you know the endless scroll i came across this and i was like i've never heard of this it looks very different to anything else in this list Looks at the description and was like, okay, this is an Oscar-nominated film. It's apparently the greatest Czech comedy of all time. I don't know what the, what the competition is for that. <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's 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 a it's a bold it's a bold statement right it, there. For it you, may isn't it? it may well be the only and therefore the best by default. We don't know. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna suggest that I have that in depth knowledge of Czech cinema. Um, right, and and obviously when this film was made, it was still Czechoslovakia, mm. oh, and, yeah. and it was still in the grip or in the death throes at least of communism. The man who directed this, uh, the late now Jiri Menzel, uh, is uh, an Oscar winner. He's an Oscar winning director. He in the late sixties he made a film called Closely Observed Trains, um, which was also quite satirical and that got him the the best foreign film academy award so when i picked this people were like oh this is a bit out of the ordinary and i was like well if i'd picked you know an old bong joon ho film 
like the host or something, that wouldn't mm. be weird, would it? Parasite won an Oscar. Let's watch another one of his films. So by, by that token, he, this is this is fairly mainstream as foreign cinema goes because this film itself, My Sweet Little Village, was also Oscar nominated um, yeah. in, in the mid eighties, and it's a very it's a very gentle sort of sweet natured slice of life film and we know you know how much we love a slice of life film oh we do we do love a slice of life we love a bit of slice of life um (laughs) with uh, you know with elements of sort of slapstick comedy some observational comedy um definite uh a definite sort of homage to laurel and hardy in, oh yeah! In the main, uh, the main duo, uh, Pavek and um, Otik, and and it's 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 really it's it's not really focused on anything. Otik is the heart of the the village. He is the village simpleton, um, and the the main thrust. That, you know, when I say thrust, it's a very gentle thrust. It's a very sort of half oh, yeah. half hearted uh, of a of a <laughs> thrust of the story. Um, yeah. Is 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 really about his. Well, it's not so much his care, but his his partner at work, Pavek, who's who's a sort of a father figure to him because he has no parents and everybody in the village collectively take care of him because he is in, mm. completely incapable of, of taking care of himself. Um, and Pavek, after one mishap too far, Pavek says at the end of this season, at the end of this, end of this harvest, because that's what they do, they they help with the harvest. I'm I'm pushing on to another partner, and this other guy is a fairly violent and um, unpredictable mm. guy called Turek who himself is having his own problems and that and that really is how the film operates there's a there's a sort of a knock-on of all these other characters that are introduced who just kind of fall in and out of the of the foreground throughout the story and, and what they're doing often occurs in the background as you're watching someone else's exploits at, at, at any one time. So there's a, there's a, a doctor who I think we'll talk about later because he's the best character in the entire thing. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely the best character in the whole thing. Um, there's there's a strange exercising couple who are just sort of seen at various points, you know, mm. either just jogging in the background or the husband hurting his back while the lady is performing all these sort of limber gymnastics um, you've got the veterinarian who's in a extramarital affair with aforementioned Turek's uh, very attractive, it has to be said, wife. Everyone's attractive, though. That's the thing. The Eastern European high cheekbones. Everyone's like pretty beautiful yeah. in, this, in this movie. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting one. And so and so basically, there's all these funny little interludes and conversations and things that are just happening around it, uh, as is the case in small villages. Everybody knows everybody. Everyone's in each mm. other's business, but they are close knit. They're a strong community, uh, and and ultimately, it's about a community. It, it, it's the one thing they all have in common is that they all sort of love, and even though some of them mock him, that there's an affection and there's an affectionate love, you know, an affectionate oh. mockery to it. Um, and so, yeah, every, everybody realizes ultimately that that's that's the the glue that binds them, I guess. Mm. But but I, told well, in, I was going to say, but told in a very loose way right. and reaching a very sudden climax it doesn't really go in for high drama or high stakes in in many attempts in many ways it thwarts and subverts moments of uh i guess obvious comedy and obvious drama and sort of deals with it very quickly i think it's really delicate 
I think, and that's going back to the point that you made about trying to choose uh, choose a movie for for the podcast and choose something that actually it's really super relevant in the other films that we've chosen, as you say, being that slice of life. But I found this to be really, really delicate in how it handled it. Uh, I, I will admit, early on, I I was I thought I was going to bounce off it. I thought that really early on when the slightly slapstick, uh, him falling in line with him walking. Yes, trying to, trying to try to lockstep with him, yeah. Mm, which does become charming later on. I was thinking, oh no, is it going to be too, you know, like a Reeves and Mortimer, you know, <laughs> idea of, of, of a, you know, European film or, a, you know, a, a, a foreign language film. And it really, really did start to win me over. It's really clever and... You know, we should get to him now. The reason is the Doctor. I thought he was the coolest character. Um, it's a Skruzhny, um is his character name. Yes. And he is like the epitome of Bones in Star Trek, uh, all these sort of classic Doctor characters, maybe the, the Doctor in Lost in Space, you know, the bad, the bad yes. guy. All of the, um, you know, even Doctor Doctor jokes, he, he really reminded me of the embodiment <laughs> of that, um, you know, um, my leg hurts in three places, and yes. the doctor says, "You know, don't go to those places." Yeah, it, it, that, that literally <laughs> his, his diagnosis throughout the whole film. I mean, you you, you liked him too, right? Yeah, his 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 diagnosis is always like a dose of pragmatism. It's just, mm. and he's also deeply, deeply patriotic, and he he sort of drives through this fairly nondescript countryside, and he's waxing poetic. I don't know what poem he's you know reciting as he does it, and you know ends up trashing his car for the nth time the, yeah. the the running thing with his car was just was was fantastic you know he's got this really beaten larder type mobile mm-hmm. it's in such a state of disrepair and then you know over the course of the film you see exactly why to the point that he just ends up running himself over <laughs> with, his, with, with his wonderful dog charles what's it? i can't remember yeah. the full name it's a it's an excellent it's an excellent name it's uh, lord charles of the railway station <laughs> It's amazing. Well, did you notice what car he has at the end? A Skoda. It is. But that's, it's definitely a pre, pre-VW pre Skoda. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, yeah, that's when when we grew up. That was the uh, Those were the, the cars that you made jokes about. Yeah, what do you, you call a larder with a sunroof open? A, a skip. There you go. Uh, the, 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 the classics. Yeah, um, the, the classics. But um, you're speaking of classics, the... Um, watched it with uh with uh my wife Vic and the first thing that she compared it to was um uh Tommy Cooper which is you know that joke the doctor joke is where I first heard uh, Tommy or Tommy Cooper doing it but um she made a comparison with a uh movie called The Plank which I don't know whether you've seen it's got I've Eric Sykes. it's got Eric Sykes in it we actually watched it directly after watching it last night. Um, it reminded her so much, and even though it's more, it's it's it's, it's British and British humour, and with a bit more slapstick in it, it really did feel quite similar. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's available on YouTube. It's like forty five minutes. It's really really good, really good. And uh, yeah, I recommend that's a, it's a good companion piece. Oh, fantastic! Okay, I will, I will take a look at it. Re- returning to the doctor, I mean, there, there's a great scene where he has a, an old patient who's the who's the barman at the local, mm. looks like a working men's club type place, just going through a laundry list of ailments. And it's basically, it amounts to, I'm getting old. Mm. You know, n- none of it is life-threatening, none of it's serious. Yeah. And I, and, I, and I love that everything that people say and do in the film has has repercussions that are felt in the background. So mm. 
when the uh, the funeral is happening, you know, and the, the doctor runs in and goes, "Oh, you're next to the grape. How convenient!" Um, yeah. and, <laughs> and and then afterwards, and then having this conversation, you just hear this sort of chipping away, and you realise it's the, the the tombstone engraver. And yeah. he's like, oh, someone's got an advance order in. <laughs> and then you, you see it's the barman later on, like giving him all these instructions of what to carve into the into the tombstone. And then further on in the scene in the bar when he's serving and he gets the drinks, he starts doing the sort of Robocop turn that he's in- instructed him to do. Where yeah. It's like, you know, don't turn your head, turn your whole body. And he's <laughs> that's how he's like navigating his way around the bar. So there's, there's not really a, a, a little sort of side joke that doesn't have a bit of a payoff late, later in the film. Which I really enjoyed, and as you say, the uh, you know don't don't put a don't put a, a lit match back in the box. It's mm. gonna come back and bite you in the ass, sort of thing. And he's like, okay, this is this is the Chekhov's gun of the film. It's like the matchbox is gonna go off when and it how it went yeah. when when and how, uh, and obviously it burns his dick. So it's a really good payoff. Yeah, it's a great payoff, <laughs> and you get a good you get a good butt shot as well, which is uh, which is really funny. But I think you know that also going back to this idea of how you know, self-governing a village like this can be is that the doctor is, you know, the closest thing we have to like a mayor, isn't it? You know, that everybody would know the doctor, the doctor would know everybody. He would be like in a real position of, of power of the, you know, in, in the village. So he's, he's really kind of our main character, isn't he? You know, we, we meet him really early on and it, and he carries us through the, um, you know, the events of the film. He does seem to be, eventually in it more than anybody else he plays a yeah. much more pivotal role in everyone else's else's lives throughout the whole thing and even though yes you know Pavek and Otik's relationship and the fate of Otik is is the the, the heart of the film yeah the, the the way that the doctor is involved in mm. the ins and outs of everyone's lives and not just from a you know from a medical standpoint but as you say telling Turek not to hit his wife anymore you know, being an be, being a sort of an uh, an arbiter in those in those scenarios yeah. as well, because he holds that much mm. power and, and and respect in in the place. So um, yeah, he's he's wonderful. Um, so I'd like to just take us back to an earlier point you made about choosing films for you know you chose the film for our podcast thank you very much but also choosing films for your significant other you're choosing you know i think that uh i think maybe let's have a little um let's have a little therapizing session <laughs> about this um everybody's obviously dealing with the being at home being you know watching a little more at home not going to the cinema as much and and choosing I, I, i'm really interested you know how your how does your dynamic work with choosing choosing films i mean how did um how did uh, Helen react to watching this film? And for example, she didn't watch it, of course. Oh, <laughs> okay. No, I mean, what what happened is when I when I picked the film, I it was late it was late at night when I was oh, going, yeah, going through. True. I decided to watch the first twenty five minutes or so just to make sure I wasn't just making a terrible mistake. Um, and as you say, I was in danger within the first few minutes of going. Uh-oh. But it does win you over very quickly. It is. It, it always sounds like a nothing comment, but it's incredibly watchable. And by mm. that, by that, I mean even with a lot of films that I I find very compelling, and a lot of TV shows I find compelling, I find myself reaching for the phone every so often just to you know check yeah. on things. I, I never did with this. I was so uh, I was I was so sort of entranced by the relationships between people and the, and the, and just the the humor of it, and also just how foreign it was because mm. because of the nature of village life 
um, and and the circumstances of it you know, within the communist structure and the language being utterly unfamiliar and the way of life being utterly unfamiliar, everything about it was incredibly captivating and 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 nothing. I think, you know, some may accuse it of being a little sort of cloyingly sentimental about village life. You know, you know, it was one of those things where actually, when you look at when you look beneath the surface, it is it is fairly grim, and everyone's really scraping by to to, mm. to live. And I guess you have to find happiness in that. And if if the happiness ultimately is derived from human connection, which, as you say, is another very relevant a relevant topic these days, and the importance of having that sense of community and connection, and how do you maintain that when you can't be in close proximity to other people? It, yeah. it was kind of a salve to watch a film where that was that was the case that it really was just about a small town of people getting on in their own ways with their own flaws and you know their own sort of <laughs> ridiculous mm. things happening to them. Um, so yeah, I, I was I was really chuffed with it. So so to cut a very long unnecessary story short, because I'd already watched that chunk of it, I didn't want to go yeah. back and start again and. I just said, I'll you know, I'll, I'll watch the the last hour of it. I, I think she would have enjoyed it. I think there's over time there's been less enthusiasm when it comes to watching, um, you know, obscure cinema. We used to go and watch new new Almodovar flicks and things, Almodovar flicks and things at the cinema, and it wasn't really a thing. But these days, choosing films is is very pulling teeth so we we just we've just democratized it and gone you choose this one i'll choose the next one and you yeah. can't and you can't complain you can't bitch about each of the choices i mean i will <laughs> i will i will but <laughs> yeah it's it, it, it's it's a real it's a real um gift this movie uh i really you know thank you very much for choosing it it was it was one that i had seen while scrolling before and did think that i would you know w- would like to see it but it was really really low you know, really low kind of like, oh, I'll probably get round to that. Um, it really is a gift of of a movie in that I I really love uh, sort of it, that that part of the world. I've spent them, um, you know, some time, you know, working and and doing events in um in sort of eastern Germany and and Prague as well. The little villages and the little places, you know, those are the places that you remember the most. These just outside of the big cities is normally uh, just it my experiences is that you will get taken to like their favorite place or some restaurant or some little place that does the best version of this dish mm. and you have to, you normally have to travel outside of town so you do get a little bit of sense of, of 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 what's around just from the suburbs obviously this is 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 more remote but this felt very very authentic of of that part of the world and again as going back to your point we not many people are going on holiday at the moment unless you're some millionaire influencer um and this is actually watching this movie is 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 probably very much like one that you wouldn't pick out but when you do watch it you get this transportative uh, it has this you know element to it which uh, yeah i really really enjoyed yeah and you know it, it really borne out in you know i really love brutalism i really love that style of you know architecture and and it, it, that came through here in the um, in the trucks and the and the cars and the planes and everything. They were really cool. <laughs> oh, like, Stefan! 
Yeah, they were, they were really excellent, really excellent sort of bit parts in the movie. You know, the the, the plane, especially when it comes when it comes in and flying overhead. It's I love a, that. I love that. It's just like this guy is so well regarded. And I guess it's because he flies. There's, yeah, I can't. There, there was never any explanation beyond that of this guy no. that's absolutely doting on Stefan and everyone just thinking he's the absolute man, which yeah, is brilliant. Like, he barely factors into the entire thing, but I just love that. The yeah, sort of, the, the, the reverence that they hold Stefan in. Yeah, he's like a local celeb that can come in and comment on what's going on and, <laughs> and everybody allows him to do it because, you know, he's got this plane and, you know, I thought it was I thought it was excellent. And it, it kind of had that feeling like their truck seemed to have in the inside of the doors with, was like an army green. I was kind of assuming mm. that they, they, were, they were like converted ex-military um, vehicles or something, but it, I thought they have had a real authenticity to it, which you know I really loved. Yeah, and they were very, they were very critical of the the modern architecture as well. There's a couple of scenes, mm-hmm. obviously, when Otik goes to Prague and he's put in one of these sort of you know faceless blocks, which is you know non-functioning shower and broken shelves, and they're just trying to fob him off with this shitty new build place when he's inherited this lovely you know this lovely rural cottage Mm. Um, and also when the artist is painting the house and everyone's crowded around and the guy's like well paint my house it's amazing Mm. and he's like no no, not interested mate it's this horrible new build I don't want anything to do with it it's got no character to it and I suppose that's the bit that I was initially confused a little bit about um, you know with the communism part about how the story was coming that he was being he was leaving his house and the other guy was manipulating himself to have it again. And I guess that's really the only proper sort of communist section that he's able to take the house back for him for himself. That would be part of that regime, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was the only time that, that, that I didn't understand that bit. But yeah, I, I get it now. Yeah. That, and uh, that's what I mean where it's when it came to quite a rapid, unceremonious conclusion, you mm-hmm. realize that, oh, he was, he, he didn't want to be paired with someone else. So he was you know, opting to leave the house to go to Prague and do something else. But when he got there, he predictably found it completely alien and completely terrifying and cold and everyone was being really fake and artificial with him. And and those, those scenes, especially around Prague, where Otik, uh, we should credit him as, as um, I can't pronounce the name, Janos Ban, I think it is. Janos, mm. I guess is the pronunciation. Actually a Hungarian actor who apparently couldn't speak yeah. much Czech. Hence, yeah. he stays fairly mute throughout the film. And when he does talk, sometimes he sort of goes, ah. and, you know, <laughs> someone has to listen to, you know, they have to lean in to hear what he's saying. Mm. Um, there's some great scenes that are shot in a completely guerrilla style where he's emerging from various exits of a of a subway. And you can just see lots of students and teenagers just looking around, completely bewildered at what's going on. You know, they, you can almost see a lot of them sort of, getting their eye line with a camera that's just off in the distance filming him doing this yeah. doing this bit as, he, as he's emerging and I sort of love the um, the authenticity of those scenes because you think in, in that era like the, the budget for filmmaking and arts was probably you know nil uh, mm. you know the whole film is very very frugally shot it feels it feels frugal you know you're, you're yeah. not you're not going to particularly credit this film for the quality of its cinematography or anything like that it feels it feels very rudimentary in many ways it almost works in the favor of the the rural and the bucolic setting that it's in it's very no frills 
communist, oh, communist Czechoslovakia is very no frills, you know. <laughs> the film feels, feels very no frills. Very four three. It's very it's very four three. It's very four three. It's also very unchanged from mm. 1985. I think we we chatted very briefly yesterday. You know, we we tend not to exchange any opinions on the film prior to this conversation, but we did talk about the. It was quite charming that it's 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 an untreated print. You know, you're mm. so you're so used to this age of remastering that there's something quite comforting I find of watching an a, an old reel that's had all you know it's been digitized, but it's still with all the wear and tear intact. You know, black blocks appearing on screen. You know, one entire scene has just a black line running yeah. through the through the frame, and also that the subtitles have been unchanged since whoever wrote them in 1985 and kept making typos. It's yeah. absolutely riddled with typos. And having I went through a phase of ordering films from from Hong Kong way back when, when the likes of Shaolin Soccer and things like that were coming out and they were hard to get. And you'd mm-hmm. get these like really awfully subtitled films, but it just completely added to the to the charm of it. And it just felt a little... It, it just... It, watching this film like that, even on a premium VOD service that still had all those rough edges, evoked th- those times for me when I was getting hooky VHSs at university and when I was buying DVDs from weird sites <laughs> from Hong Kong and stuff to watch these films that were hard to get. It felt like I'd found a felt felt like I'd found a hard to get film. It's got like a mystery element to it, doesn't it? Sometimes you've got to figure out what the sentence might be <laughs> um, to understand what's going on. Yeah, it's like um, change two letters in this sentence to <laughs> to make sense of it. Yeah, which to be fair is actually my experience of of speaking other languages. When you start to learn it, you're ending up you're doing the reverse you're working with the few words that you know and building a sen- you know a sentence back up that way mm. so you know i quite like that that idea but um but on the subject of challenges quizzes oh, okay okay questions. i see where this is going i see where this yeah. is going you want to talk about our favorite tv shows i thought that in honor of um lord charles of the railway station <laughs> being such a cool dog name i wondered if you would like to do a mid-discussion movie quiz about movie and tv dog names oh no okay (laughs) i'm not very good at this palpable excitement uh from dan there um so (laughs) in um (laughs) in preparation for this i have done you 12 questions right now, this is so maybe we can aim for the 10 and then you can have two swap seats. So if you haven't <laughs> seen the film, if you want to change them out, the, the, the goal is 10. Uh, but if you end up wanting to go for the uh, for the 12, please do. But yeah, so that, that's my, just to, a little to ease you back in. To, go, uh, go. To, yeah, okay. Quits, okay. I've, I've... So I will give you the film and then you will give me the name of the dog within the film. Or TV show. Oh, fuck. You ready? Yeah. So, the first movie is Back to the Future. Einstein. Yeah, there you go. So, there you go. It's uh, oh, well done, you. Einstein. Uh, so, you're, you're off the mark. Uh, remember <laughs> to uh, keep your own score. One. One. Um, two is the popular movie, uh, Short Circuit. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> Didn't even remember that was a dog in short circuit. Dog in short circuit. Um, Pipsqueak. No, it's not Pipsqueak. It is Beasley. Oh, the dog. I also have a dog called Beasley, but he's not named after that dog. Oh, is that? Oh, okay. 
But uh, yeah, he's um, named uh, after the dog actor from Turner and Hooch. Uh, that's not one of the questions you're going to get because that's the name of the dog is in the name of the film. It's actually more difficult than you'd think uh, coming up with these dogs, everybody. Uh, so yeah, Beasley in a short circuit. That's number two. Okay, so the third one is a Toy Story. This is uh, Woody's friend. Is the dog called Spike? Or is the boy called Spike? Uh, no, no, no. This is this is Woody's friend. He oh, Woody's friend. Yeah, he's a toy. Oh, the Slinky. Dog. Yeah, Slinky. There you go. Oh, sorry. I thought I was thinking about the the bad dog. Yeah, Sid, isn't it next door? Sid. Yes. And uh, yeah, I don't remember the name of the dog. But that wasn't the dog I meant. You got the dog that I meant. Uh, n- number four is in I Am Legend. I have not seen I Am Legend. Oh, right, would you like to swap it out for one of your other two? Yeah, go on. Okay, all right, two, sticking in. Okay, so you have an easy extra question, or the hard one. We'd like to go for the hard one. They're both worth a point. Yeah, I'll go for the hard one. Why not? The hard one. Okay, cool. Terminator 2, John Connor has foster parents. Oh, no. Those foster parents have a dog. I know. Do you know the the name of the dog? Not... Wolfie. Not Wolfie. Yeah, I know. Your foster parents are dead. Oh, God. He's like, what's the name of your dog? Uh, how's Wolfie? Oh, shit. No. No. Can I get half a point for Wolfie? <laughs> you can get half a point for Wolfie. That's, that's fair. That is good. Um, it's Max. Max. Just Max. Ah. Oh. And um, for those of you out there, if you are shouting at your, um, your device looking like a crazy person, um, the dog in I Am Legend is Sam. Or Samantha. Uh, so number five will be our first foray into TV. Uh, Frasier. Eddie. Eddie, well done. Slightly more difficult. This may be another swap for you. I was wondering. Legally Blonde. <laughs> oh, Christ. Um, I'm guessing it's some kind of frou-frou, frou-frou doggy. It's a tiny chihuahua. That she carries around. Is it named after a political figure? Oh, no clues. Oh shit! Um, I'll I'll go with my easy alternative then. You're going to go for your easy yeah. alternative. Yeah. Okay, this in the Simpsons. There is a dog character it, that goes in itchy and scratchy. <laughs> Can you remember what that dog is called? Poochie. Poochie, the coolest character. He ever. died whenever Poochie's not in. Yeah. <laughs> I should be asking, where's Poochie? Where is Poochie? Unfortunately, um, so, unfortunately yeah. as we know, he died on the way to his home planet. So <laughs> that, that is true, actually, isn't it? It's a, a single slide, isn't it? That's yeah. Um, yeah, cool. Well, yeah, you get a point for that one. That was a good swap. Well done. Uh, but you have no more swaps now. So sure. uh, this is it. I what, think what, come on. Many- I think I'm on four and a half. Four and a half. I think that's right. Okay, so next one is Anchorman, the dog in Anchorman. Oh, shit. Mm. Oh, for fuck's sake. No. Never mind. It's Baxter. Baxter. Jesus Baxter. Christ. Cut to the very core of me. Um, okay, <laughs> for one of my favourite films of all time, Up. Oh, God. You're going to hate me for this. Um, uh, I don't know. Ah, never mind. It's Doug. Doug. Oh God. Doug. Doug. The dog. It's your mind goes blank. Getting back on and go. I think still. Uh, you've still got a few to go. Let's get these ones. Uh, the Wizard of Oz. Toto. Toto. There you go. Got Toto, and this one's slightly more difficult to finish. The dog in the Royal Tenenbaums. Don't know. 
that is little Buckley. Okay, that one. So I think. Can you not ask me like half. something like, "What's the name of the dog in Cujo?" For example, you know. <laughs> no, I know. There's so many. If there's a dog in a movie, they tend to make it to the title of the movie. Yeah. So yeah. So like, can you name the dog in Turner and Hooch? Like, uh, yeah, Turner. You could have said K nine. I don't know the name of the dog in K nine. Isn't isn't he just called K nine? No, 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 no. Oh. That's just a cool title. Oh right, yeah, like um, play, on, play on words in it. Yeah, or, or, or Beethoven, Beethoven, or Air Bud. Come on, There's, um, throw me a bone. See. Oh, nice, nice, nice callback. Thank you, to, thank you to dogs. Dogs, to dogs. <laughs> to dogs. Um, so yeah, I think that was that was not too bad out of ten. A, it was a good quiz. Not too bad yeah. out of ten. I think that's my official score. Not too bad out of ten. Mm. Uh, taking us back, Lord Charles of the Railway. I really loved in this movie i thought it's, i think it's a cool name i'm always a big fan of a uh, strange name or or very human name for a pet and, and as he says Mong- mongrels are the best mongrels are the best um yeah so I, I going back to the film you know having a little bit of a change of pace and moving around was was a really cool tool that i thought that they used in this movie the way it jumped from story to story uh, there were obviously loads of different story strands to go to and when it went to the suicide the attempted suicide i'm mm. um, sorry it was um it was really jarring you didn't know who it was immediately the way they did it i thought that was a really cool um sort of way of handling it and you know again bringing it back to um you know paul thomas anderson that thing of he he does this trick quite a lot of having a really um fun or um frivolous part of the story be followed by something really jarring and quite harsh and, the cohen's do it a lot as well yeah that's that's right yeah like a um like a really cut to a to something quite sobering and um i thought that was used really really well here i thought that was um like a really sad part of the movie and you know sort of Bringing, bringing back to our, you know, our current lives and, you know, the way that people can live their lives and internalize these stresses and strains and people around you are not knowing exactly how things are going. I kind of thought that was a really apt. It was, a, it was a very, I mean, from what I could gather, I couldn't tell what kind of medication it was, but it was a very sort of cry for attention, mm-hmm. teenage suicide attempt, the way it was treated. And the doctor yeah. was a bit like, oh, he's had a few of those that take him away. And by the, by the end of it, he's walking away going, no, actually, I'm all right. And Pavek's just trying to take a swing at him by the end of it. You know, he's not, yeah. <laughs> he's just pissed off that he's done it more yeah. than anything. Um, yeah. And yeah, it, it's, it's, it's as you, you mentioned earlier as well, with the sort of domestic abuse element where he, the, the, um, the, the vet was basically saying, oh, I hope he doesn't, do anything and the doctor's like oh he will he will yeah he will and the next thing you see although what was also quite jarring is when she came into work with that big bruise on her face the 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 head bureaucrat guy just basically grabs her face and says look Mm. at her look at her just shaking her face around and 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 talking of bruises i i can't go without mentioning the combine harvester incident i have mentioned obviously that turek gets uh gets in trouble as a well or avoids a harsher punishment mm. as a result of doing it. But the, the, the result of it is incredible mm. uh, that this guy has kind of been mashed into the ground. Mm. And and when you get then everyone's crowded around, you, you're you fully expecting... It's it's funny when you said the, the drug overdose. This is another one where you go, oh my God, there's been an incident with the combine harvest and you expect mm. it to be this like horrific scene. Everyone's crowded around like fucking hell. And then you just see this sort of mash 
<laughs> mashed thing in, you know, been mashed into the ground, into the, into the soft ground. Mm. Um, and he's there going, nah, nah, dancing around, going, look at me, I'm fine. And he's still sort of in the workings of the of the harvester as he's as he's dancing around. Yeah. And then the next, they say, oh, you should make a plaster cast of that. You know, if you did that, it'd be a perfect plaster cast of you. And then a few scenes later, there it is, you know, <laughs> a full body plaster cast and call whatever his name is, the quote, so and so, the invincible. And yeah. they're all sort of joking and dancing around it when it's this, obviously it's a sign of gross negligence he's like you've got to get rid of that they're gonna they're gonna fucking take you down if you do that but yeah. I, just, I, I just thought it was a fucking hilarious it really really tickled me that it, it's such a really cool and you know i think just that real you know, going back to that taking that town i just really feel how just delicate it, it, it is and um it reminded me of um it's uh that film Taxi that we saw. Do you remember the um Iranian film? Yes. Um, so it's Tehran something... Tehran Taxi was it something like that? Tehran Taxi. That's it. Taxi Tehran. Taxi Tehran. Yeah. And uh, and uh, I heartily recommend that to everyone. This idea of the the mundane, you know, just a conversation that can happen between a taxi driver and his and his fare. Um, I think we might have referred to it on another episode. It, it has that element here in that it's able to you're actually able to tackle quite complex story beats and and do it quite naturally using this form. And it actually turns out, doing a little bit of research before we talked, is that Roger Ebert really loved this movie. Yeah. Uh, which is always a... Um, a really good sign for me and he had a really cool thing to say about it that um it says that um the director uses everyday life as an instrument for a subtle attack on bureaucracy and a cheerful assertion of human nature this movie is joyful from beginning to end a small treasure but a real one that's a lovely that's a lovely summary absolutely i was just going to say that there, there are those other little touches one one thing i really liked is very early on in the film when Pavek gives Otik the ear protectors mm. and he's absolutely just blown away by them. The fact that it, that it's cutting out all the sound. There's, there's, a, there's a joke I play on my daughter a lot, which is she likes to put her head in the bath and then um, I dip my voice as she goes into the bath. She's like, I can't hear you, I can't hear you. And I just sort of mouth nothing until yeah. she sort of raises her ears back out of the water. And I go, no, 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 no. You know, it's sort of like I'm like I'm in mid-flow conversation. Yeah. And she keeps going in and out and keeps trying to catch me out with one ear. And I keep, and I really keep it up. And it's so obvious I'm not doing it because like, you know, Helen will come in and like flush a toilet or something. She can clearly hear that. And yet somehow <laughs> my voice just you know, completely goes out. So I really enjoy that sort of childlike fascination with the, the yeah. sound completely disappearing. And he sees that as a really affectionate gesture to him. People don't often give him things. Mm. And so yeah, throughout, throughout the film, there's this really lovely thing where he's just, he just wears them all the time when he doesn't, you know, they're obviously a practical consideration for working yeah. in a, in a very noisy environment and he wears them around. And then there's that, that lovely scene where he's in the city and he sees yeah. the, the sort of the young hipsters, all listening to the tunes on their headphones and he tries to fit in and kind of puts his ear protectors on and they're just a bit like, yeah, whatever, mate. And he puts that sort of charming shit-eating grin of his on with his, um, you know, completely fucked up teeth mm. yeah and I, I just love that and i and i just think it, it was a it was a real good sign of the the affection that he feels for pavek and how i guess maybe pavek doesn't always realize that even little things like that because he has no parents just feel like a gift to him 
Yeah, and it was really sweet and charming that he, throughout the film, you just you just he keeps getting used as a prop and something he holds on to. It's not sort of disposed of after that scene. Mm. It's something that really means to means something to him, and it gives you a little nice payoff on that joke of it's his first day at that job. Yeah, and the guy is giving him a quick induction as he's throwing him down the hall, but he's wearing his ear protectors so he wouldn't hear any of it. Yeah, the other guy was saying, I thought that was that was cool. Yeah, the other part thing I wanted to bring up was the Eastern European flavor. I just my my, my personal attachment. To, to, to that part of the world I, t- I talked about it earlier is a big thing that's happened through since the last time we did the podcast is you know, there's been a lot more of a focus on racism and black lives matter and these you know these feelings of you know us people coming to terms with racism and and how they feel about it and i was always really struck when i first used to visit that year um, where, where eastern germany was if we were ever doing an event that's over that side of it i'm not sure if you've ever been there but it's quite it's still you know the a lot of the infrastructure is still you know a, a remnant of mm. that time and you know and i i've worked in done some work in russia for game shows and you know a lot of people have this feeling oh, it's, they're very racist over there got, you know they're telling you about about all of these got to be careful when you're walking around at night and and but i've found that part of the world to be really incredibly inclusive and of course you know racism happens and there are terrible things that happen you know on the government side but people in general that i've met sort of more generally treat you as though you know it's just it's really cool to meet somebody new that they haven't seen before, you know, more often than not, you know, if it's somebody that comes into their town or is visiting, that they spend so much time trying to like show you a cool place or show you what's locally relevant or a, a, a point of interest. It, it That film just really made me feel uh, like really nostalgic for, uh, you know, for that way of being. And, you know, that my sweet little village, it kind of really, it's just such a cool title in the way that it it just gives you that slice of it. Living in London, it, it probably couldn't be any further away from that way of living. I don't know. It's just no. that's it's so it's just such a cool representation of that of that part of the world and and you know and a really cool reflection on the film. I think I have the opposite issue with places like that. Being you know dark haired white pale male i tend to go to various parts of europe and everyone's instant assumption is that i am one of them and i speak their language yeah. so everywhere i go everyone immediately launches into it i'm like i'm really sorry <laughs> <laughs> i wish i i wish i had that yeah. obvious physical indication yeah. <laughs> um yeah it's always it's always quite funny even you know you do something little as going to a supermarket and they go blah, 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 and you're like yeah, are you asking if I need a plastic bag? Yeah. I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know. I'm am I'm, I'm an idiot. It's it, the, there's a real English kind of um, oh 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 I Ooh. I can't speak I can't do that you know like uh, uh probably recognised all over the world that they would do um, yes but anyway yeah. we shall uh, we shall come to the end of our discussion about this movie unless um anything else to add no no I think that was that yeah, was pretty comprehensive yeah. Re- re- really good um I'm really glad that we have included it and I really hope that everybody enjoyed it we just the nature of recording we haven't got a uh, uh any notes from uh, from uh, Chris or James our usual contributors with it they will be back but yeah i just let us know i'm boringly not being online and being connected but uh dan your twitter account is oh i'm at mr pointy head and please let him know if there is any uh any feedback on the show whether you enjoyed watching the movie and uh thumbs up for me to use our patented 
Ebert system. And it's a thumbs up from me. It's it's another McCartney. That's fantastic. So moving on, moving on. I thought that we should set aside a little time for recommendations. I've I've got a few. It's been a little bit of, have you prepared some? Should we go one for one? You do one, I do one. In terms of recommendations? I think so. But the first thing that sprang to mind, actually, was funny when you mentioned I Am Legend earlier in the quiz, Mm. um, was that I I watched the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion, Mm. which I was shocked at how much i enjoyed and also how much i was touched by right. it. it it was it was very affecting I, I, I found certain elements of it really really affecting and wow you know i watched it like most people did it was on at what six o'clock on bbc2 mm. fairly regularly and you sort of got in there and you watched it and you thoroughly always thoroughly enjoyed it and it was always talked about at school and it had fantastic running jokes great performances broke the fourth wall off you know often in in really funny ways it was it was very sort of creative and ahead of its time and when you listen to the cast sort of talking about the making of it what the degree of black representation was on tv at that time which i think was 1990 was the first series yeah you know how important it was at at that point and watching them discuss that in the context of what's been happening with BLM and, mm. and and things like that and how little has changed in many ways as a result and many of the jokes that they crack then unfortunately are still relevant in terms of yeah. Carlton getting pulled over by the police and acting like he's just a white dude, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, expecting to be treated exactly the same way and not with suspicion because he's driving an expensive car. You know, the fact that all of those things still persist uh, you know 30 30 odd mm. years on yeah was was fa- was fairly striking and you know will smith says it himself and i think there's always been a fear that you know hollywood will smith and everything we know about Jaden and how how sort of far they've disappeared into the, the celebrity lifestyle mm. it was nice to watch him returning to him being like oh i was a you know, I was I was a rapper first and foremost, and an actor with zero experience yeah. second. And and how the, the the cask brought him in and 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 helped him and encouraged him. And they they really point out some really really funny stuff early in the show. Like in the f- first few episodes, he was so nervous he'd just memorize everything in the script. And so when he was having conversations with people in the in the show. Right. He would he would mouth their dialogue too. Oh really? Yeah, and it, and it and it's in there. It's in the early episodes, and they watch it back, and he's like, I can't fucking believe I That's did amazing. this. And he's like, for the first three or four episodes, and then one of the actresses was like, You've got to fucking yeah. stop this. He's like, stop, stop what? And the funny thing is, like, I used to do the same thing when I was when I moved over to using autocue in in a former life of presenting. I did catch myself like <laughs> you know reading along to what my co-host was saying and not really noticing it until I saw it in the edit and just be going fucking hell, Dan. You know, you don't realize that you have these strange little things. So it was nice to see that side yeah. of it picked apart as well. That's cool. You know, to sort of to sort of have his current status sort of pricked a little bit in terms of how naive he was at the time. And then it gets into what happened with the the Aunt Viv controversy. Right. The original Aunt Viv being replaced after season three. Uh, the circumstances leading to her replacement and um, the fact that it's been 27 years since that actress and Will Smith had spoken. Oh, wow. Yeah, because there was a lot of shit being flung both ways. Ooh. And then they, they reunite sort of separately to the to the main uh to the main sort of uh reunion and that's a pretty raw conversation mm. as well that's um cool. yeah yeah it does it does outstates welcome a little bit towards the end and it gets a little bit hokey but generally it's it's and obviously when they talk about uncle phil 
because yeah. as we know, he he passed away, James Avery, and the stories about him and what a kind of a guy he was, and mm. then they obviously talk about him dying and what he meant. Again, it was just like, oh man, I was like welling up. I just didn't expect to be sort of tearing up so many times during a Fresh yeah. Prince of Bel Air documentary, you know. So it was it was yeah, surprisingly surprisingly touching and surprisingly honest mm. and well put together. So even though it was talking about how great everyone was the fact that they weren't shying away from the bits that other ones do you know there's there is a tendency to erase history oh yeah and i think whether knowingly or not i think with what's happening obviously we've seen today that this terrible 1776 commission thing that trump put out that was erasing aspects of slavery and all these controversial aspects of uh, of the way that people of color were treated historically in america mm. And immediately on the first day of Biden, he's just taken the website down like it's gone yeah. already. In many ways, it would be hypocritical to erase the bad parts of history, even though it's for the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, right. you know, to, to to go into how great the show was and not get into the the negative aspects mm. and to not and to not be open about those would during this particular period of yeah. uh, of politics and racial unrest, it would I, I guess it would be deemed slightly hypocritical to to sidestep that and so they t- they tackle it head on right and it's and it's all the more stronger for doing it and That's all the more great. stronger for being that that open about it so worth a watch i think it's i think it's on iplayer and i think it's mm. on now now tv as well oh wow so it's very hard to to miss yeah cool i'm i am looking forward to that i yeah i was i was a really big fan of it um so uncle phil is um is the voice of shredder isn't he he is yeah, yeah. Sure, oh yeah, yeah. good knowledge good trivia it's um yeah I, I he's amazing i always love uncle phil he's the the most amazing character and such a, a really good um you know patriarchal figure you know like yeah. a, a version of that you know everybody need everybody needs that in their life all young men you know should have this sort of big booming guy telling you not to do stuff and yeah. sort of looking sideways looking at you and and then i always really loved those moments where he showed you know real comedy or his youth or something he would you know he would let he would let the character know you know all the characters around him know that he you know he used to be cool and you know i i, I really love that he's quite a, quite a seminal character for me i think uh, and what that and that's what makes it particularly touching is because mm. that relationship extended beyond the show so wow. the relationship that he and uh, the will and james had in real life was was very much reflective of their relationship on the show in terms of you know the seasoned actor and the newcomer wow the the up and comer and that and the way that he mentored him was very very similar to how that operated in the show so those parallels were really interesting too that is uh, that's cool i'm definitely going to watch that okay so my first one my first one is it's a reality show called below deck now this is on, I think the first couple of series are on Netflix and then the other ones are on Amazon. On. And I just wanted to recommend it as for something for anybody who's out there who, like me, really needed something that's very low intensity. Like really, and I think this is a really important for everybody out there. And I don't know, Dan, how you feel about this, but just there are just some times when it's just, you're just not up for being challenged, but you maybe want to watch something that's you know there's lots of series of it it's really good it's really well made uh you can like look at your phone during it and it's engaging because it it's that american thing of there are lots of adverts but not in the not in the on-demand version mm. so it so they go over the same thing quite a lot and cool stuff happens in 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 these boats it's basically a reality show um sort of bravo fair um about a boat about a super yacht 
and it's following the trials and tribulations of these big, you know, these charters that happen on these massive super yachts, people paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to come and spend a couple of days on a boat. And, you know, they, they've got to have Michelin star food. So in the first few series, there's this chef that, you know, used to work at the fat duck and he's a real character and they're all characters, but is it, is it British or American? No, 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 it's American. Although the, although the, the chef in question is, is British. Um, but what, what's, what's really interesting apart from the sort of the low passive, low intensity viewing of it is like reality TV needs subjects that have, uh, you know, that have depth to them and that needs something watchable about them. And it turns out that anybody that has decided to go and live all of their summers on a boat completely disconnected from the world, you know, serving, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio or some, you know, massive celebrity on a boat, they're there for a reason. They've lost that connection with, with city life or normal, normal life, however you want to refer to it, for a reason. And so putting all those people on a boat for six weeks and then just filming it, it actually works it's it's you know and it, it, it is is ultimately very watchable so if anybody out there is in the market for that kind of uh that kind of thing i i i do recommend that it's um i think it's an important important thing to have in your back pocket yeah i, I definitely think that light touch shows mm. are really useful mm. right now um I've really enjoyed, obviously, the return of Cobra Kai was a big highlight for me. I absolutely tore through that because yeah. it's just, it's just, it, it is, I read an interview with the creator and he, he openly says, it's a it's a karate opera. He calls it, I'm like, that's exactly what it yeah. is. Soap opera stakes, cliffhanger endings, you know, completely detached from any recognizable reality um, and just, and just endlessly fun and mm. nostal- nostalgic in all the right ways, you know, it doesn't it doesn't lean heavily into it in a way that you know like something like Ready Player One does. Yeah, it it really rewards Ugh. people. It really rewards people uh, who love the films and is is written with the same amount of passion, but mm. does does enough new. It doesn't just go like here's an old thing. Mm. It then it then really builds on those characters that you've met before and does and does really fun things with them. When when Daniel goes to uh, to Okinawa. That's that's great. That's oh, just wow. such, that's such a great portion of it. And a friend of mine was like, "Oh, that's spoiled." I was like, "It's not, man. It's like he goes to Okinawa. Like that's like saying in a show, that's like going, oh, in Star Wars, they go to another planet. Mm. Um, you know, he goes to another location, but the the people he encounters there, and the fact that they, they're still able to bring people back, everyone right. back. Like this is a real like everyone's back type that's series. Right. It's awesome. Um, I really enjoyed the Harley Quinn animated series. That was. Sh- shockingly good way better than i expected it to be and in terms of just feeling good about people i really recommend ted Ted lasso on uh on apple tv cool it was based on an advert i think oh really yeah it was jason sudeikis playing this slightly acerbic uh, american football coach and they've been given a series where he is hired in a it sort of echoes of the plot of the producers right it's a uh, a woman who divorces her husband who owns this football team and she keeps the football team and knowing that he loves that football team she 
pledges to drive it into the ground. And so she hires an American football manager to coach the team. But what they've done is they've changed the character to just be unrelentingly positive. (laughs) And his whole style of coaching is very American. And they do the fish out of water thing very well. It's kind of corny, but it's, it's that kind of thing where he goes out loses terribly in the, in the in the entire crowd is going wanker wanker you know and everyone in the pub is going oi wanker and then um you know later on when inevitably he improves and everyone starts to like him right. the crowd the crowd start going wanker wanker and everyone's like they're still calling you wanker and it's like no but it's the way they're saying it yeah, you know? yeah. so it becomes a term of endearment instead and it's like the way that it observes those elements of of british culture and the way it clashes with uh, the American approach to language and things like that, and the way that people treat each other, is actually handled really deftly. I think, nice. and it and it is done to be. It does have surprising moments of emotional drama, sort of mm. dotted throughout it as well. When you, you sort of see the facade slip occasionally, well, it's not a facade; it's who he is. But when you see the sort of reality behind it, sometimes and yeah. things, it, it's it's quite brave in the fact that it does that as well. So I was really surprised by it, and I absolutely just tore through it i think it's like 10 episodes right and um yeah like i say it's a comedy expect it to be corny as hell in some regards but overall it's it's incredibly likable and sort of the perfect salve for the current uh the current situation nice so my final uh film recommendation i've got a music one later on actually um it's the godfather coda the death of michael corleone it's a retooling of Godfather 3. Really interesting idea. It kind of caught me on the hoof. I'm a really big fan of the series and actually quite a big fan of of Godfather 3. I I think it's people lay into it quite heavily uh, due to the Sofia Coppola aspect of it. But I actually think it's a really decent film. I just think in comparison to the first two, which, you know, of their of their field are are, are incredible films. 3 is always going to suffer, even though, yeah, I agree it does have its problems. And this was an attempt to try and right those problems. By by Francis Ford Coppola? By Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, he originally had always thought that three was going to... He sort of saw it more as a coda, and calling it coda, um, colon, the, the death of, of Michael Corleone, was what he wanted to originally call the film, but he wasn't allowed to. They wanted a third film, and they had brought him back to do it and paid him a ridiculous... Um, Pacino, that is, a ridiculous amount of money to, to, to reprise the role. So what um, Coppola has done has taken the film and re-examined it and looked at how to make the narrative make a little more sense, which it does. There's a subplot to do with business dealings with the Vatican uh, that it it ties up, it it moves stuff around so it makes a little more sense. And it moves, uh, crucially, the introduction of Andy Garcia, who is great in the movie, like really far forward. So he's almost like there from the start, whereas in the movie it's a little bit, a little bit before you get to properly spend time with his character and then changes some, some some bits about the end. I won't spoil it, but it's such an interesting idea to me about the idea of how these auteurs uh, have been able to go back and retweak these films obviously we're used to you know what did there end up being seven versions of Blade Runner by the end and and uh, and then making a box set where you can buy all those seven as though you're ever going to watch them which of course I did and (laughs) but the point now is that I've got you know the Godfather series I've bought on you know video and DVD and Blu-ray and now I'm going to end up buying another (laughs) version of Godfather 3 of all things it's 
it has to be good to, to to make it worth it. And I recommend to anybody if you've got any passing interest in the movies or interest in the idea of going back and changing something, if you know Godfather Three, then then yeah, check it out. And it just comes through. It's available on on Amazon. You've got you know to to, to pay for it. I'm sure it will come on demand uh, soon enough. But um, but yeah, yeah, check it out. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I, I, I'm. I'm going to save any other recommendations okay. for ho- hopefully future episodes. Mm. Well, I, just a quick one. My last one, just something that's been bringing me a lot of joy, is um, Flag Radio on Spotify. There's a Japanese artist called Cornelius that um, I know uh, you're a big fan of, Dan. He um, is. And he is spending his lockdown uploading the craziest songs to spotify and making little jingles and updating them since i got into it maybe about two weeks ago he's done three further updates to the to the radio and um, so yeah you you go on spotify find look for flag radio cornelius search for it and then just subscribe to that that playlist and you'll get loads of really new weird crazy bands um and uh, yeah you, i think i think you'll really enjoy it Awesome. So cool. I think that will lead us to to the end of our episode. Dan, thank you very much for joining and also for your fantastic shanty work. Um, <laughs> I was wondering whether you were um, whether you were influenced by the inventor of shanties, um, a shanty. You know the uh, <laughs> where were you influenced? <laughs> See a shanty wog. Yeah. Walk a shanty walk. No, um, yeah, big big fan of Ashanti's work. Love all of her productions. Of her yeah, <laughs> yeah. Own own all of the records. And uh, and yeah, I will let, 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 let's play it out. Let's play it again. Let's do the shanty again, shall we? Um, <laughs> to lead us out. And um, thank you very much. And all that remains is to say, you know, just, you know, look out for yourselves. I hope that um, that everybody is uh, finding their way to navigate these times and that um if you manage to to watch this movie and then listen to this podcast hopefully that's you know that's helped out i think by the time you all have listened to this we will have gone over a significant milestone of uh, of 2000 2000 listens of this oh. podcast which is uh, really significant for me it's um something like 3000 hours of me saying uh and kind of like and um, I think that's uh, quite an interesting thing to be out there in the world, as well as some it's music. good. You know, we are we are a, we are a humble podcast, and um, we really appreciate anyone who spends the time watching the films and and then listening to us ramble on about it, because it it is more of a. I guess it's more of an effort and a time sink than than most podcasts are. Mm, but thank you so much, especially for- the listening to us talk part. That's a real effort. Yeah, it is. It is a real effort. Hopefully, the movies are the easy part. But, um, <laughs> but all I remember is to say thank you very much and thank you, Dan. And bye bye now. Bye bye. Bye bye. Stay safe. There once was a film podcast, you see, double R colon AFP, but then it sank without a trace, so where, oh, where's the show? Soon may an episode come to bring us chat and a quiz for fun. One day when the viewing's done, we'll give it one more go. We stopped as soon as we began, so listeners turn to Joe Rogan. A mistake, for he's a terrible man, the people need a show. 
Soon may an episode come to bring us chat and a quiz for fun. One day when the viewing's done, we'll give it one more go. A wise young lady said to me, don't waste your cash on therapy. A film podcast is all you need to cure a man's sorrow. Soon may an episode come to bring us chat and a quiz for fun. One day when the viewing's done, we'll give it one more go. These last eight months have been a bore, can't take this lockdown anymore. So headphones on and lock the door, no kids to cause us woe. Soon may an episode come to bring us chat and a quiz for fun. One day when the viewing's done, we'll give it one more go.